Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Counter, an NFL podcast from USA Today Sports. Charles, it's week 18. We're uh, getting close to the playoffs. We're almost there. Most of the spots are claimed. we got three remaining open. Uh, but this, first we're going to open this show, this episode of The Counter, with, uh, I don't know, are we calling them apologies or regret? Nah, that's what, a little bit too strong. Them? No? Yeah. A little bit too yeah. strong. I think there's things that I got wrong going into the season. <laughs> uh, the only thing, the only, the first one that we're going to talk about is literally just to get these damn Bengals fans off my back. <laughs> I mean, they're just, do you think that's going to work though? Aren't they going to be more on your back now? I don't know, but they, I mean, if they want to, you know, go to war with me, that's fine. I just won't respond. You, uh, feel, you feel like you're at least just by at least acknowledging. By acknowledging this, I am uh, saying that I'm done with this uh, Bengals story. That's, that's what I'm trying to do here. <laughs> I like Because quite frankly, I haven't cared about like being right or wrong about the Bengals since like week two. So I, <laughs> I thought you were going to go with like 1997 there. You, oh, I mean, I, I didn't even I know the Bengals were a thing back then. <laughs> That's three years old. <laughs> oh man. Look at that. Um, yeah. So we're going to go through uh, this post that Charles just, just published the Bengals, Eagles, and other things we got wrong about the 2021 NFL season. We'll do some week 18 picks against the spread. Uh, we recorded a video earlier today where we gave our thoughts on basically the three games that are most consequential, the win and in Raiders chargers game. And then the 49ers and saints are uh, not playing each other, but playing games where 49ers can get in. And if they don't, the saints could get in by winning. Uh, we talked about that a little bit, so we'll get in, we'll dig in on all that as we go through our picks. Uh, just kind of get prepared for the last week of the NFL season, and then, man, finally we get some playoffs and can really dig in on the remaining teams and matchups and everything. It's uh, it's been a long, long, long season, and I know you are looking forward to the real the real tournament starting the. Uh, the, the final playoffs. So mm -hmm. um, let's talk about the Bengals, man. Uh, we have been down on this franchise for a long, long time. You know, perhaps good reason. Good reason. They stink. I mean, they yeah. stunk for a long time. Right. Or not even stunk, just like been boring and irrelevant. And the overarching, uh, the overarching like leadership didn't change at all. It's not like, right. you know, this was still. Yeah. Yeah. I will. Uh, so basically, my thing with the Bengals was I didn't. I, I this is kind of the team I expected to see next year for them. Okay, uh, that makes sense. It, it, it just kind of happened the year ahead of schedule. I mean, we we're chat, there were like, so many bad reports coming out of Bengals preseason camp, uh, it, which you know has like a a, sh a shaky spot right there of tracking. Like I remember when I was at Jets practice, uh, and Giants practice for their training camps, like. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. You just you, you kind of watch it and you're like, 
oh, this sucks. Like this, this kind of stinks. Like you know, this isn't going anywhere. And then you know, when you read so many negative reports, I guess I just kind of bought into that. Uh, and then also to see like they just look hor- like horribly like discombobulated in the preseason games too. Uh, you know, it just kind of seemed like they were maybe like a year away from being the offense that we thought they could be. But nope, uh, Jamar Chase hit the ground running. Uh, just turned into Randy Moss like overnight from the end of the season <laughs> to uh, uh, the regular season. Joe Burrow got together. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd obviously stepped up too. So, you know, we look at those four guys. Uh, that combination played, you know, like I've expected them to play like the next season. But they got like all that chemistry down uh, in the first year. And you know, even more impressive to them is they overcame a guy who I still think is not a very good head coach. Uh, and Zach Taylor, he will not be getting an apology, but uh, I will apologize to Bengals fans just for saying that, uh, you know, I thought that this season was not going to go well for you guys because uh, the offensive line is also still kind of crappy. But, you know, when you apparently get like the greatest rookie wide receiver of all time and he's already got chemistry with his starting quarterback from the days in college, you know, it can look pretty good. Now, uh, I just I just need them to make a, a head coaching change so they can really, you know, Ascend, like ascend and fly their wings because uh, I, I still think that Zach Taylor is kind of handicapping them in critical spots when it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I mean, obviously Jamar Chase turned out to be really, really, really good. Um, and it's, you know, hard to look back in hindsight and, and say, oh, that, because the debate was between him and, and Sewell, right? Nay Sewell uh, shoring up the offensive line, giving Joe Burrow more time. Like that's probably going to be this team's undoing is that the offensive line is still not that great. Jonah Williams, uh, who was a first round pick in what 2019, uh, has turned out to be pretty good, but the rest of the line is trash. Uh, it's you know it's it's very average, um, and you know they there's still it's easy to say now like oh what a goofy debate that was, but uh, there's still validity to it. Uh, you know this. This team still needs to protect Joe Burrow better if he really wants to get far. Um, you know, like you said, this is a, it's a good receiving core. It's very deep. Uh, it's, you know, this is not, I'm not sure how good Chase is if he goes to, say, the Philadelphia Eagles where Devontae Smith landed and is really sort of the <laughs> one of the only real weapons. Um, you know, Chase is, he's been great, no question, but uh, it was a good situation for him. Um, so what more do you want to see from Taylor? Like what is Taylor lacking for you? What, what is, it's, it's just like the big thing to me is like when they get into the end of half end of game situations, he just kind of craps his brain and forgets how to count and use timeouts and work the clock. Uh, like they got, they kind of got bailed out in the the chiefs game on Sunday, but to me, like the biggest example of this is they're playing the, uh, the Jaguars on Thursday night, like really early in the season. Uh, and they had like this end of half sequence where they had timeouts and chance to run down the field. And then they ended up like kneeling it really close to their own end zone, like almost risking a safety, like if things go wrong in there. So uh, I, I, I still think that there are spots where Zach Taylor can clean up his game management. And I uh, also, you know, I, I feel like, you know, a lot of the big plays that they had were, more based on the players that they had than like any scheme that was being drawn up where, uh, you know, it's, it's like you, you go back to that, the big play that uh, Burrow and Chase had against Green Bay. I think it was like a 60 yard touchdown. And 
it's kind of like a broken play and the ball just like barely goes through right. uh, Adrian Amos's hands. And, you know, it's basically just Burrow and Chase being excellent more than I think it is uh, their head coach, like really helping them out in like super meaningful ways on the field. So uh, like if they can just get a little bit more structure to that offense, I'm sure that better offensive line play would help. But uh, I, I still have not been, like I haven't seen anything this season that would lead me to believe that Zach Taylor is a, is a good head coach yet. Yeah. So that's fair. So game management more so than scheme or, or anything else, just sort of. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got the players now. I I think, you know, there are spots where he can put them in even better situations than, uh, than they are. And that's the job of the head coach. And when you have what looks to be a budding superstar quarterback receiver combo that you might have for like the next 10 years, uh, you need someone who can come in and maximize like every blade of grass that they have because those guys on their own are obviously going to be able to take what they're on. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number two was the Eagles, and this is uh, this is a really interesting one, right? Because I, I think as we came into the season, this is an opposite case with the with the Bengals, right? The Bengals fans were saying, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna finally be good," and we were sort of saying, "Well, hold on, like." You guys don't have it in place yet. The Eagles, it was sort of like, oh, they're rebuilding and they're rebuilding, and that's fine. That's the right thing to do. They have three first round draft picks. Uh, might as it's fine if they tank. It's probably that's that's the right way to go. But uh, Jalen Hurts was the big question mark, right? We were we were sort of wondering, like, okay, they need to find out if Jalen Hurts is the guy, or whether they need to use one of those picks on a quarterback or come up with a different mm-hmm. plan. And it's it's. I mean, it's just been a really, uh, I don't, you know, it's been a fascinating season because Hertz is probably there. Like, I don't know. I think I'm probably about 75% convinced that they should move forward with him. Part of that is that there are no clear uh, franchise quarterbacks in this draft, as far as I can tell. Um, and Hertz, like, he's done enough. And Nick Sirianni, as you write in here, like, he figured out a way, like, really, when the Eagles turned a little bit more to the run game in the middle of the season is when they, surged and and found found their way into the playoffs um so it's it's interesting because i don't think they're in a bad spot uh you know they're now their three picks are not super high like at one point in the season they, yeah. they had three top 10 picks now it's like 14 20 22 or something depending on how how things end up but um it's sort of a weird thing like i i, I if you would have told me prior to the season you have a funny joke in here that if you if somebody had said to you like uh, the Eagles would be in the postseason. I would have slowly backed away while sharing my location with my family and friends. Uh, <laughs> if, if you would have told me the Eagles were in the playoffs, I would have been pissed because I'd have been like, they they effed it up. They need to tank. Like they need to get high draft picks and and draft the right guys, and uh, they need to really rebuild. But I don't feel that way now. I feel like they, I feel like they know a little bit more that they have something in Hertz that they can build around. Yeah. And this this first round is like a little muddy anyway. So, uh, you know, they and they have like some glaring needs where those three picks, you know, like they can get a cornerback. They can probably get an interior offensive lineman. Uh, they probably need a linebacker or two or three. Like, I feel like they're in a decent spot now. So it's it's just been an interesting path with this team. Yeah, the uh, the the Eagles have had like kind of a interesting season. I'm just looking at uh you know, football size DVRA rankings, they have the 12th best offense in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're 15th in pass and third in rush. Like, based on what we thought were going to be their season coming into it, that's a pretty, you know, I think, significant achievement right. uh, that they pulled off. And I think 
you know, for Eagles fans who are like disappointed that maybe they didn't their picks didn't end up as high as they wanted. You might have a quarterback, which is honestly a bigger deal than where those picks end up. Uh, right. I, I think it's a little bit too early maybe to say that Jalen Hurts is the guy, but to me, like I think he's shown enough where you should definitely give it another go next year. Right. Because, right. You can't say uh, he's not the guy yet. Like it's right. It's because uh, you had one of the best rushing attacks in the league. Uh, that was mainly due to his presence on the field. And the thing with with Hurts is, you know, you can watch the games and the process might not always be there, but I think sometimes when we do football analysis, like we have to give more credence to the, to the, the actual results of what happens on the field. So, right. uh, yeah, you know, it might, you know, not always be on time or super accurate, but you still figure out how to make plays through the air and lead like a, a, an above average passing attack in terms of efficiency. So I uh, clearly, you know, there's a base for something to do for something right to be going on there and now i think like if you're an eagles fan like if like just from a football perspective if i'm looking at jalen hurts i'm like man if we can just i I know that this is kind of a tall task because it's not who he's really been as a passer at any stop but if we can just like get the anticipation up uh and maybe get him a little bit more comfortable throwing within the structure of the offense like this is absolutely a franchise quarterback with what we can see that he does on the ground so Right, uh, it, it, it's promising. I, like you don't know what it's going to be, but uh, the fact that like you're having these conversations about Jalen Hurts, about him potentially being the long-term quarterback uh, of the Eagles, like if things go right next year, then uh, I would consider this season a major success. Yeah, right. I mean, as long as they continue to build around what Jalen Hurts can do, uh, you know, I think and, and, while expanding that, right, because he was right. in, like fairly restrictive, uh, of, you know, like fairly particular offenses in college uh, where, uh, you know, obviously teams are borrowing a lot from Lincoln Riley hurts, you know, played in in his offense's final year and NFL teams borrow a lot, but it's not structured totally the same way. Uh, So, you know, he has room to grow as long as they keep nurturing that um, and, and also use what he can do on the ground to make the running game more effective. Like we've seen Baltimore do, uh, I think that the Eagles, I think the, the thing that has been a constant for the Eagles is that Jeff Stoutland, their offensive line coach, uh, I mean, he's probably, you know, I'm, I'm totally underqualified to say this, but he's probably one of the best position coaches in the game. I mean, the, yeah, definitely. the, the okay. Eagles offensive lines are just always, uh, they just always play better. Now they have some talent there too. Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey are good players. Uh, and they found some other guys, but it, you know, you, you can't ignore the fact that year after year after year, they figure it out. They lose guys and they, they still figure it out. Jason Peters falls off. They still figure it out. Uh, Brooks went out. They figured it out. Like um, this, this is a team that if you have that, like, that's a pretty good start. You probably don't need a quarterback who's going to make uh everything work on a higher level if you have an offensive line who's constantly playing uh well and, and giving that quarterback time and the running backs some room. So it's uh it's an interesting team to watch moving forward. Uh number three, where the Urban Meyer prediction fell flat. This is fascinating to me too, because I think we were all in agreement on this, right? We all thought like this guy's an a-hole, but he sure can coach football. And it did not play out that way. <laughs> the Jaguars were horribly coached. Just horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, there was, I, he, he, it was so bad that it just made me think like, how much did he actually have to do with like 
right? What was going on in the field, like Ohio State and Florida, because like you get to the end of the games and like he knows nothing that's going on. They look more unorganized than ever. Uh, he's not like calling plays on offense or defense. It really just seems like he's just finding like a different player to hold a vendetta against. And you know, he found out that James Robinson, I guess, was enemy number one uh, in the building for Urban Meyer, which you know don't really want to alienate one of your best players and I'm not figuring out like what you're doing on the field. Uh, it, it, it was just kind of weird because I, you know, I, obviously I don't think anyone thought the Jaguars were going to be good this year, but the fact that they just looked like so right to broken, make Trevor Lawrence look as bad as he looked is like, right. They, they just didn't, they didn't <laughs> look like they had any clue of what was going on in the field at any time. So right. Uh, that that's kind of where I got that one wrong because you know I, obviously he's a scumbag he's, he's not a good person but uh, for him to have them looking as lifeless and as bad as they did every week and I think the 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 money quote is like that week three game after the Broncos and he's talking to Vic Fangio he's like you know it feels like every game is Alabama dude you just played the Broncos you haven't even played the good teams yet so uh, I I think he was a, bit, a little bit in over his head uh and i think that definitely showed up on the field right yeah i mean i think it's a quintessential case where urban meyer probably knew how to coach offense 20 years ago and then ascended into the ranks of the college coach dictator who did not really need to dirty his hands with that and just forgot and then was uh, you know, a guy who thought he knew everything and just hired whoever he wanted for these positions, these coaching positions, and then treated them like crap, as we found out, uh, and just never got it together. And I mean, it showed the product was awful. Um, the Texans, your fourth and final uh, thing we got wrong is the opposite story. The Texans were actually okay. The tech, I mean, they're you know they they should have just got they should have lost okay. every game by twenty one, but right. they uh, they didn't. Yeah, I think I think David Culley should be coach of the year. Like the <laughs> fact that <laughs> the fact that uh, they uh, the fact that they you know managed to win four games is right. honestly like a huge achievement for this team. Uh, because I still don't think that they have like any notable players doing anything uh, on this team. It's not like you can point to even the Jaguars where you're like, oh well, they have Trevor Lawrence. There's a reason to be optimistic coming into the year. Uh, there was no reason to feel good about this Texas team at all. And, you know, to be fair, they did, you know, they beat the Jaguars week one and then they lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight games, beat the Titans, lost three more, and then they beat the Jaguars again. <laughs> uh, and then somehow they beat the Chargers a couple And they didn't have Tyra, like they had to play Davis Mills, too. Davis like, Mills, yeah. I mean, literally uh, a quarterback who our old buddy Steve Stephen Ruiz refused to scout uh, heading into yeah. the draft. So. Uh, uh, yeah, and honestly, he was, I, I thought Davis Mills was pretty solid. Like, I. Yeah. I, I I'd be fine, like with him being the quarterback next year from the Texans, because next season's lost anyways, too. So, I, right, right. I, I think that they kind of deserve some credit for being able to squeeze out a couple wins, as long, as sad as that sounds. Because uh, I was expecting this team to potentially go zero and seventeen, and right. they've won four games. So that's a, a big improvement on uh, what I thought was going to happen going to season, and honestly, what a lot of people thought was going to happen going to season. But they're they're still terrible. Just uh, not as like all time. <laughs> They're just like normal terrible instead of all time terrible. You know? Right. Yeah. An, an impressive, impressive job there, uh, Texans. Yeah. Good job. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's get some picks. Week 18 picks. You went 10 and 6 last week. You are sitting at 110 and 115. 
if you have a gargantuan week, you would need to have a, a great week, but you could finish the year at 500, which would be pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, I was down bad. At, at one point, I was like 20 games under 500. Yeah, yeah you rallied. You rallied. Uh, I should have been should have been placing some bets, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I failed it. Failed at that. Um, we're going to take these in order. Chiefs at Broncos. Broncos are getting 10 and a half. Uh, Chiefs have already clinched. Uh, I don't know how much how 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 fired up they will be for this game, but they you, they can still get the number one seed, so. right? Which is important because it's the only buy. And yeah, uh, thing. so they already got home field like that for the just by winning the AFC West. So the, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to have a home game at least. But you know, the buy lets you skip the first round of the playoffs, which if you have to play fewer games in the playoffs, it's obviously right. easier to get to the Super Bowl. So uh, I. I went with the Chiefs here because they have a lot on the line uh, quietly uh, in this game, and they'll be they'll be playing on, on Saturday, so it's not like they'll have the result in hand of the Titans game. Like right. if the Titans if they if they're playing the Titans, after the Titans game, right, right, then there's no reason to play anybody in this game. But they still need this game uh, on Saturday to have a chance at the number one seed. So uh, I'm taking the Col- or not. <laughs> I'm taking the Chiefs here uh, to kind of throttle the Broncos uh, yeah. just to get them set for the playoffs. Yeah, all all three of you went with the Chiefs here uh, with the Broncos get with the Vic Fangio team getting ten and a half points. That's uh, that tells you where the Broncos are at the end of this season. That's a rough spot to be in. Uh, the other Saturday game, Cowboys Eagles. Uh, Eagles are getting a touchdown. Uh, actually, they're getting seven and a half. Um, this game is a mess. There's a bunch of uh, and Micah Parsons, I think, is in the COVID protocol now. Uh, neither team is really, you know, they're both clinch playoff spots and are sort of set where they are. I don't know how much motivation there is. Uh, and all of you went with the Eagles covering here. Yeah, I, I went with the Eagles covering here just because, like, if we're going to get backups, uh, I just don't really expect this to be. I don't expect like one team's backups to blow out the other team's backups, right. uh, and and neither of these teams. It's going to be a look, weird game. I mean, we, yeah. there's no way to know what's going to happen here. Yeah, the Eagles are locked into a playoff spot. The Cowboys have already won the division, and they can't uh, they can't get the number one seed because the Packers have clinched that. So uh, there's not really anything to play for here, other than pl- than hating the division rival. And, and to me, that's not really enough to risk injury a week before the playoffs. So. Right. Uh, if, if we're going to get two teams playing their backups, I don't really think that anyone should be favored by that much. I'm just going to roll the underdog. Yeah. Colts at Jaguars. Uh, Jags getting 15 and a half. This game is interesting, of course, because if the Colts happen to lose, uh, there's all sorts of weird playoff scenarios, one of which is that the Raiders and Chargers could tie and both get into the playoffs. Uh, but that all seems, you know, whatever it's uh that's that's not where we're headed you got to think that the colts are just gonna pound the ball on the jaguars which is what you write here you went with the colts it's the jaguars yep that's all i got that's all it is uh packers lions packers already have the number one seed uh therefore the line here is only two and a half uh lions getting two and a half uh you actually so charles curtis went with the lions uh prince and you went with the packers yeah, I wanted the Packers just because I, I, I think that even if they're going to stick guys, they still might have more depth than what the Lions are throwing out there. So I'm not sure if, if they win this game, uh, but I do expect them to cover that spread. Uh, and I think that you know I think Jordan Love in, you know, in, in his performance because I, I well I do think that Matt Lafleur might play them just for 
a drive or two just to you know stay loose before they take the week off for uh, their bye. But you know, I I think that Jordan Love can do enough to come in and cover a two and a half point spread against the Lions, especially considering that you know, they're still a more talented team than them, uh, even with their backups. Yeah. Uh, all right, what do we got next? Washington. Oh man, do we even have to talk about this game? The football nope. team versus the Giants. Giants getting six and a half. Do you care about the uh, football team's new new name at all? No, no, man, neither. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. I, mean, I, 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 I want them to keep football team. So I, <laughs> I know it's much. at least funny. It's at least like interesting. Uh, it's a weird story. Uh, Texans tight. Titans at Texans. Texans getting nine and a half. Again, the Titans uh, can play for the – they can clinch the number one spot, that home field advantage, the bye. Uh, so there is some motivation here. Yeah, there's a lot of motivation here to get this thing done, uh, right. especially because they they need this more than other teams. Because right, because Derrick Henry. Because Derrick Henry is coming back. So right. I, I, I don't think they're going to play around here. Uh, you got to come out, set the tone, just get business done and throttle them immediately. So – uh, and luckily, hey, it's a team that where well, that's very much possible. I know we just praise them a little bit for exceeding expectations, but they still stink. Uh, and I think that the Titans can can definitely clear that nine and a half point spread. All right. Um, oh, Bears. my Bears! My, it's all obsolete. Bears at Vikings. Uh, oh yeah, would you Justin Fields? Yeah. Yeah, he has COVID. So. Ah man. COVID that, that was the only reason I was going to like maybe tune into this game, but uh, now it doesn't seem uh, like there's any reason to. I, I thought Justin Fields might give us one last performance before it's time to head off for the offseason, but he got COVID and now uh, his season's done. So I, I still pick the Bears. I guess I'll still be stuck with the Bears. That I don't really have any analysis left now that Justin Fields is done. Oh man, we'll just wait till next year. Lot, lot to look forward to for that team, uh, namely getting a, a new coach. <laughs> Steelers at Ravens. Uh, Ravens are favored by five and a half here, uh, which is interesting because the Ravens have like no players, and it is Big Ben's last game. Man, this, uh, could, have, this could have been such a fun game, but it could have been. But I mean, it doesn't. Sound, I, I, I don't think we've got any word on whether Lamar Jackson is going to play. To me, it just kind of seemed like they had shut him down for the season. We're just going to say try again next year. So uh, right. I'm going to take the Steelers. Even if Lamar was playing, I don't really know if the Ravens should be favored by five and a half over anybody right now, uh, even though they did play the Rams tough last week. So I'm just going to take the Steelers. Uh, and hopefully Big Ben can clear three yards per attempt for his last game as a Steeler. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens do have a sh- like they have a very elaborate uh, path that they could go to get to the playoffs, but it seems unlikely and like you said the team has just been decimated it's probably fine just to look toward next year uh 49ers at rams this is an interesting one 49ers can get in with the win the rams can win the afc or the nfc west with a win uh the rams are favored by four and a half here yeah i went with the uh 49ers uh i just think they're playing pretty good football as of late right. uh and I, I don't know if they'll they'll come in and beat the Rams, but I, I think that they can come in and, and keep it close to the point where uh, they can cover the spread and, 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 and maybe still even win the game. Like it, It's going to be a tough matchup for them because, you know, the Rams are still one of the better teams in the league, and I think they probably want that 13th win just to keep Arizona at bay. Uh, but, you know, they, they still need to get things done against a tough 49ers squad, so 
Uh, I think I'll, I'll probably go with uh, a Rams win and the 49ers cover. Uh, Panthers at Bucks. Bucks are favored by seven and a half. Uh, you know, I don't think we need to talk about this football nope. game, but the Buccaneers it's are not a football game. Yeah. I mean, how much is this Antonio Brown mess? Because now Antonio Brown is sharing uh, texts that he say are from Bruce Arians, where AB is talking about, hey, I'm I'm injured. Uh, and Bruce Arians is saying that he never knew uh, he's injured. I mean, it's like it's becoming a little bit more than just like, oh, Antonio Brown was acting nuts. Uh, this is it, it seems like this is a possible controversy that could uh, eat into, you know, what the what the Buccaneers need to do moving forward. Yeah, I I don't think that that will matter this week all that much. But right, of course. At, as you get as you move forward, you know the Antonio Brown release just became official today, um, and you already have Chris Godwin out for the season, so it's right. going to be tougher than it was last year. But again, Tom Brady is like the luckiest player in the history. Of the NFL, so <laughs> Something I don't think Rash- anyone should be surprised. Rashad Perryman's just going to become the player that everybody th- hoped he would become, and he's just hey, gonna, he, he caught a game winning touchdown against the Bills when they needed right, exactly. it. Exactly, and then he, last week throwing the touchdown, so I don't even know who who that was. So whatever, <laughs> like if, if Tom Brady wins his eighth Super Bowl, I don't think anyone's allowed to be surprised anymore. <laughs> it only took eight until we yeah. were, were allowed. <laughs> uh, Seahawks at Cardinals. Cardinals are a six and a half point favorite. Um, I took the Seahawks here. Uh, right. All of you. I, yeah, not that this game matters. Um, I just not sure if the Cardinals are playing like good enough football to be favored by six and a half right now. But uh, they should definitely win this game and and uh, head into the playoffs. But uh, you know, I think Russ might want to give it one last go if this is his last game in Seattle. Uh, assuming that anyone really wants to trade off the major draft capital for him in the offseason. Right. Right. Uh, Patriots at Dolphins. Dolphins getting six and a half here. Uh, Patriots can clinch the division title. Uh, I just want to point out, I don't think we need to say much about this, but I just want to point out that you uh, you went out the way that you started the season, which is just by dumping all over the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, you, your your point here is, uh, Patriots, the Dolphins stink now. Uh, yeah. They, they, you know, they had a period where they looked like they didn't stink. And then but they do back, now. Back to stinking. Jets at Bills. 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 Uh, Jesus. Uh, minus 16 and a half on this one. <laughs> and all of you picked the Bills. <laughs> yeah. Did you oh, see what happened last time this team played? Oh, like the they, Jets. They, they got demolished. I think it's a horrible matchup for Zach Wilson. <laughs> what right, is it? How, how can football in New York be so bad? Like, why are the two teams located in the largest metropolitan area this bad? Like, they're the worst. It's, they're the worst. It's, it's the owners, man. They're, they're so bad. Like, John Morris still thinks it's 1952, and Woody Johnson's, like, barely coherent. Oh, my Lord, man. It's like, just how do you have something that valuable and run it so poorly? Uh, what are the Giants? What was that stat that came out today? The Giants haven't been above five. They weren't above 500 all year. They have, like, the worst record in the last five years. I mean, they're just terrible. Yeah, they're hor- terrible. Just so bad. Uh, Saints and Falcons. So if the 49ers don't beat the Rams, the Saints can get in by beating the Falcons. The Falcons are getting four and a half here. Uh, yeah, I went with the Falcons. Like they said. <laughs> I'll, I'll never pick the Saints in this game. Uh, uh, yeah. that's, a, that's, I, a pers- I, that's a personal bias on uh, on your part, but the other two also went with Falcons. So Yeah, not, uh, not I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they got blown out. But like I said, when it comes to the Falcons versus Saints, I said it on Mina Khan's podcast yesterday. The Falcons could go two and fourteen. Of those two wins are against the Saints in a successful season. So 
Rise up, Dirty Birds. Let's go. Get it done. (laughs) Chargers at Raiders. This is the uh, final game of the season. This is uh, win and get in. Um, You and I talked about it a little bit earlier. It's, you know, this is a a quarterback game, probably. Uh, This is Justin Herbert uh, on the rise, clearly one of the better players, but most talented quarterbacks in the league. For Derek Carr, who we know who he is, he's, he's, you know, he's a pretty solid quarterback. And uh, when, when things are, are going well, he can can be a, a very effective player. Uh, but for a lot of the season, things have gone horribly wrong for the Raiders. Uh, just so many distractions. Uh, you know, the Henry Ruggs tragedy, Gruden getting fired. Uh, you know, just a, a mess of a year. And it culminates with this game. Uh, who the... Raiders are getting three and a half, so a little bit of money on the Chargers here probably makes sense. You went with the Chargers. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I think we talked about it earlier in the videos today. Um, it's They just don't, like the Raiders, they just don't have the defense really to take on the elite uh, quarterbacks in the league, which is what this is. Like, I think that Derek Carr deserves a lot of credit for how he's played this year, but uh, I think just to end the season like this might be too tall of a task considering like what he's going up against and what he has to put up with. All right. All right. That's all we got uh, heading into week 18. Like I said, you know, I think we're, it's just been a long season with, uh, you know, trying to figure out the COVID thing and uh, just these teams going through and the extra, I mean, it just feels really long. I mean, I'm sure yeah. we get used to it, but um, the, the 17 game, 18 week season, uh, you know, there were just a, so many weeks in a row where every time we jumped on this podcast, it was like, wow, uh, not good games and also not games that taught us anything. Just really trying to figure out, you know, I think the fact that like the Chiefs are sort of back where we all expect them to be after like a circuitous journey where they looked like not the Chiefs, like both of the Chiefs units were broken. <laughs> like the defense started out being terribly broken and then the offense was terribly broken. And now it's just like, oh. They, they figured it out. It just took a very long time to get there. Uh, so it's been been sort of a weird year, uh, and I'm super excited to, to get into the playoffs next next week. Uh, so we'll be back Tuesday to go through that. You know, Charles will deliver his four verts, which I'm sure will be sort of looking ahead at the wild card week. Uh, wild card, there's going to be a wild card Monday night game for the first time, which should be exciting. Um, so we'll have a we'll have a preview of all of that next week. Uh, Charles, any closing thoughts? Um, no, just football. Just just, just football. one one last week. All right, thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you next time. Take care. The Counter, an NFL podcast from USA Today Sports. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.